Welcome to the Dual Citizen Podcast. Realize your influence, understand your civic responsibility, reflect Christ in your community. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. My name is Anna Claire Noblet, and I will be your host today. We are going to have my good friend Hope Dawson on the show, and this is episode 10 of The Dual Citizen, and we're going to be talking about some practicals of voting. We made a civic engagement guide that has six steps to getting ready to vote this November, and you can find that on our Instagram and on anchoredpassion.com. And we're so excited to walk through it with you just so that you feel equipped to make the decision that you feel reflects you best and make you aware of some of the other things that are going to be on your ballot this November. We did have some technical difficulties with this episode. There's a little bit of background noise, so please bear with us. But I hope you'll find the content really intriguing and worth it. And we are so glad you're here and hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, today I am here with Hope Dawson, my good friend, and we are so excited to record the 10th episode of The Dual Citizen, Two All Hands, and we are going to talk about are you ready to vote? So we've talked about why should I vote, why is America so polarized, all of these questions that we're mulling over leading up to November, and today we're just going to get practical. And we're going to go step by step through what you should be doing to prepare, how to kind of um, sort through all the information that's available to you and figure out um, just how you can be civically responsible. So, Hope, tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, why you're interested in politics, and and just introduce yourself to our audience. Well, do. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is incredible. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm really proud of you. You're just doing so well. I think you just see the problem awesome. But, uh, yeah, my name is Hope Dawson. I'm a senior journalism major at Sanford. I'm right here in Birmingham. Uh, this year, I have the opportunity to be SGA president, which is very exciting. I love it. So fun. Uh, but how I got interested in politics. So in 2017, my dad started running for governor and for the 2018 election cycle of Alabama. And I was all on board at first. Everyone else was there. I was like, oh, we should pray about it. And I'm like, yes, pray about it. But, like, do it. Like, I just definitely think this is what the Lord wants you to do. Yeah. Um, and so as a family, I was just going through that whole process. Even though he didn't win, uh, we still are just so confident about the Lord wanted us to do. Because yeah. it opened up our eyes to so many things. Got to meet so many people. Uh, and still have an influence, like, in Montgomery and state politics with different people. They come to us for advice. They're able mm-hmm. to, I don't know, they just ask my dad for guidance. It also has opened up so many doors and created some great friendships. Um, so you are able to still influence and provide like a Christian worldview into uh, politics a little bit. Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. But yeah. that's what opened the door for me, just seeing how great, like how important the government really is mm-hmm. and just how there are some people who are so passionate and they're in politics for the right reason. And they want to make an impact. They want to positively influence people's lives. But then also you see the other side of some people just in it for selfish intent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of a love-hate, like, okay, I love this, but also I want to make sure that everyone's in it for the right reasons, because Alabama is fantastic, my favorite state, a little biased, <laughs> um, but I just want to make sure everyone's represented fairly and well. So that's just how I felt about politics. Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of see both sides up close. That's really, mm-hmm. really cool. And um, I, we think, I think our audience, hopefully at this point, 
is on board with the possibility that politics can have a good impact. And um, it's taken a lot of conversations to get to this point. Um, and we have some more questions today that uh, our audience has submitted through Instagram. And we're just going to kind of keep diving in because it's a lot to cover. It's a lot to understand. And at the Dual Citizen, our mission is to realize your influence, understand your civic responsibility, and reflect Christ in your community. So we're going to go with kind of that second facet today, just understanding civic responsibility. So one of our listeners through Instagram submitted a question, um, and he said, why do we have a popular vote if it's the election is just going to be decided by the Electoral College? So will you let's talk a little bit about um, the Electoral College and just how the process actually works, and will you kind of sum it up for us if you can? Of course. I mean, if you want the short and simple definition, the Electoral College is so important because it helps make sure that all states have about as equal to say as possible. Um, and the popular vote determines how the electors really cast the votes for the states, for the Electoral College. And so if we didn't have Electoral College, the entire election could be determined by just a few cities across the state, and then rural America wouldn't necessarily have a say. Yeah, yeah, and practically, if you maybe, it's been a while since you've taken civics, um, the Electoral College <laughs> in each state is comprised of the number of the state's representatives, so all of the, the members of the House of Representatives that represent each state, plus the two senators. So um, it adds up to 538. They need 270 to win. And the popular vote in the state is then um, you know, taken into consideration by these electors. And these electors are people who are really involved in state politics, who are really involved in specifically the state's majority party. And they are going to just take into consideration the popular vote, and they're usually going to vote with the population, with the majority of the state, because, because usually they're already in that majority party. Um, things get a little crazy in swing states, but they're going to vote the way people want them to because they are representatives still of you and me. And so they actually have laws in some states against what are called faithless electors, which are people who would vote the opposite way from what the popular vote said. Some states are trying to completely eliminate that just so that the popular vote is honored yeah. a little bit more and, and more consistently. Well, cool. So talk about why should I vote. But what do you think some of the benefits of voting and what some of the reasons that we should still be part of this, even if it feels like maybe we live in a state where we already know it's going to happen? I think it's so important to vote because that is how you use your voice. And also, I mean, you and I as women, like, we didn't really receive the right to vote until the 1920s. Mm -hmm. And we fought long and hard for that right, and so we want to honor them as well to make sure that we use the right that they fought for. And also soldiers who died every day, more often than we would like, to protect that right and our freedoms here. And so that's one of the reasons why I vote. But also one thing I like to say is if you don't vote, you don't really have a right to complain because you are contributing to your viewpoint. That's how you use your voice. Uh, that's just one of the many ways you can use your voice. And so one important thing I like to say as well is that when you vote, you aren't just voting for that candidate. You're voting for the people that they are going to put around them. So, for example, this year with the presidential candidate, um, a lot of people aren't necessarily sold on either side. Um, but what I say is you have to look beyond just the person. Look at the people who they have had around them in the past, around at the people that they have around them now, because uh, that's, I mean, that's the cabinet. They're going to be the ones that are making more policy. They're going to be the ones that are determining the economy. 
uh, sexual education, presence, so on. Like, everyone who's making those important decisions, you have to vote for the person who thinks they have the best judgment for that. So it's more than just the candidate, you're also voting for other people who are going to be in important positions. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes from the Supreme Court all the way down to just who that individual is listening to. Um, and, and that's so important to think about because we get really tied up in just the, the one person yes. and the name recognition. And I think, yeah, so hopefully between our conversation with Dr. Ashford in episode nine and just kind of thinking about, um, you know, why we vote again, I hope that our listeners are motivated and um, we're going to talk a little bit later about step-by-step what we should be doing to get there. But another question we had from a listener was, do we think that the same two-party system is going to stand for much longer? And I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Um, so what are your initial thoughts? And then, and then I'll tell you mine. Well, um, whether it's going to be the same two parties or not, I don't, do you watch West Wing? I've watched it some. I haven't watched it all the way through. Okay, during quarantine, me and my family, we benched it. Like, yeah. it's a great show. Phenomenal. We used fan. to watch it in my government class. Oh, no, it lucky. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. We talked about both in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but in that class, like, so the main characters, they are in the Democratic Party. But the stances that they take, you would think that they would be conservatives in today's uh, political atmosphere. And so whether it's going to be the same two parties, I don't know, because you can already see just a shift that's happened in the last 10 years even, or mm-hmm. even five years, four years even. Mm-hmm. The parties have just shifted so dramatically. Um, but I think the two parties will be around for a while, but I think the parties will shift. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right there. I mean, who knows? But my, my professor actually would be really proud of me because I've been learning about <laughs> the history of parties and actually the two-party system, not the same two majority parties that we know or two major parties that we know today, this two-party system has been around since the late 1700s, since the beginning, pretty much, of our democracy. And that started with um, Hamilton and the Federalists, and then Jefferson and Madison and the Democratic Republicans. And throughout history, um, sometimes you'd see a third party emerge, but then one of the two major parties would kind of absorb it and um, change their change their stance on some things to get some of those people in the middle or some of those people who were in that third party and then gain that majority again. And sometimes that shifted. We, we saw the Whig party emerge and now we have the Democrat and Republican two-party system that we think of today, but those two words meant something totally different a hundred years ago. And so the electorate or the, the coalitions of each of those parties really does shift over time, and I think in the next couple of decades, we'll definitely see something like that, but throughout history, it's kind of um, because of the way we have this popular vote, it ends up being um, mainly a two-party system, and the third parties can't really survive because those two major parties are trying so hard to get the majority that they'll adopt the exact same stance of that third party just to get those voters. So I think the answer is um, you know, we're going to see some shifts and we're always going to see politicians and party systems uh, changing based on what wins and what they think they can um, maintain power with. But also, I think we're going to see a pretty consistent, uh, I don't think we're going to see our two-party system go anywhere for a little bit. So, um, 
but that's also like yeah. life because I mean, mm-hmm. everything is constantly changing so it's just never think that parties are going to change as well mm-hmm. um and i think definitely like in the past years like you said earlier those parties have shifted drastically but talk, talking to my grandparents my grandfather talks about how there was a huge shift in the democratic party like in the 60s mm-hmm. after jk was assassinated mm-hmm. um when johnson became president just that huge shift i forgot exactly what he talked about but that's really when the Democratic Party became what it is today in his mm-hmm. eyes. And so I'm kind of excited yet terrified to talk to our kids about right. <laughs> how the parties have shifted. Yeah. Um, it's it would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you even think about 10 or 20 years ago, you would have been able to look at each party and say, okay, there, it was possible to be a liberal Republican or a conservative Republican or moderate Republican. It was possible to be a liberal conservative or moderate Democrat. And now we see something called sorting that's happened, party sorting, where, um, you know, we hear polarization a lot, but really it's almost like, it's almost like the two sides aren't getting farther apart. They're just each getting more alike, mm-hmm. where everybody in the party thinks very similarly because whether that's because of the media and kind of creating these echo chambers or, um, or just kind of being told exactly what to believe and not really kind of do your own research to figure that out for yourself. Um, this this sorting has happened to where all Republicans are conservative, all Democrats are liberals, and and I don't think I can make those all statements because I know that myself and many of my friends feel like we're in the middle. But um, if we're gonna if we're gonna choose a side, it's it's pretty um, it's kind of chosen for us, and and it seems like it's getting more and more. Extreme, so it will it will be interesting to see how things keep changing. A fun question: mm-hmm. uh, Do you think that having because we have two major media outlets that are like main ones, and mm-hmm. one is very one sided, mm-hmm. and the other is one sided as well, yeah, very opposing sides. Yeah, do you think that that has contributed to the two parties just becoming more alike? Absolutely, I really do. Um, I think you can. You can even with social media and the way you think about, uh, we have these algorithms, right? And I don't even know much about social media and algorithms, but I do know that what's going to pop up on my popular page on TikTok or Instagram is going to be just a, a recurrence of something that I'm already following. Um, and so even if you go beyond, like we're talking about CNN and Fox News or something, even kind of on a social media level, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, what's recommended for us is going to be um, just a continuation of what we've already put ourselves in. We're not really going to be, we're not, we don't ever have to face opposing opinions if we don't want to, because we can, we can do what? We can click unfollow. Exactly. And it's as easy as that. And so I do think that just kind of our reliance on media for our news and for just the way that we find out information instead of, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, reading a newspaper that's more or less objective um, has really changed the way we feel like we, yeah, just the way that we take in information has has automatically comes with bias. So I think it's more important now than ever that you have to search out opposing viewpoints, like just to read about it, learn about it, so you can see both sides and make sure the facts aren't manipulated and that you're getting both sides of the story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I've kind of learned that I'll never be able to articulate what I believe without exploring that. But it, mm-hmm. I've noticed also that it's hard to find because yes. of those, because of just whether it's the algorithm or whatever or, or the way that I've grown up. Um, it's hard to 
it's hard to, to even get up the courage to enter into a conversation where someone doesn't think the exact same way you feel. But yeah, civil conversations are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how how do you seek out opposing viewpoints and, and learn from kind of a wide range of viewpoints? I mean, we're really it's looking at different things articles. So like Fox News always laying at my house. Mm-hmm. Always. And so I'll keep on seeing it sometimes because it's a little rebellious. But mm-hmm. I'll watch that, hear those viewpoints, and then also just talk to friends. So I know mm-hmm. more differently than I do. Um just have a conversation of, hey, why do you believe this? But I have to be sure that I know those friends are ones who won't let politics get in the way of our friendship. Mm-hmm. Um you have to know which folks to die on. Yes. Um yeah. which battles to fight. And yeah. so the ones who you can't have this civil conversation of Okay, I believe this, you think that, well, why? And we have that conversation just explored a little further uh, without getting heated. Yeah, so. yeah, that's so important. Well, cool. Okay, so now we have our final question, and it's kind of going to lead us into um, a resource that we have for you guys. But uh, a listener asks us on Instagram, how do I prepare for what feels like the greatest divide since the Civil War? So <laughs> um, okay. we have, so going into uh, this election, we're, we're a month out. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on October 2nd, and it is, yeah, oh my it's, gosh, month away. So soon. it's a month away. So um, you might be asking yourself, how do I prepare? And we have made a guide. Um, that is called the Are You Ready to Vote dun, 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 Civic Engagement Guide. And you can get this by going to the link in our Instagram bio and subscribing to get this guide in your inbox. And we're so excited. And so, Hope, tell us about step one. And we have six steps. We're going to go through them real quick so that you feel uber prepared. Oh, so to work. And this looks so good. I love the colors. Oh, <laughs> so step one, I'm so glad you asked. You have to register to vote. Boom. So how do I know? Maybe I registered, but like I kind of forgot. Can I check? Oh, of course you can check. Okay. I know in Alabama you can check on the Secretary of State's mm-hmm. um, website. And mm-hmm. so John Miller, our Secretary of State, in the past, he has his saying is he makes it easy to vote and hard to cheat. So online registration is so easy, and you can go online and check to register. Perfect. Yeah, and we have included a link to register and also check and see your registration um, on this guide. So be sure to download that. Um, so step two is if you're like me, I'm living away from home for college, and I had to apply for an absentee ballot. Now it's getting to crunch time here, and if you haven't applied for your absentee ballot, you might want to do that like already right now while you're listening exactly um each each state kind of has a different deadline for when you when you can request your absentee ballot the day that you can submit it but really especially with COVID-19 a lot of our voting this year is going to be by mail and so we might actually not know the result of the popular vote until maybe even a month after November 3rd, because there's going to be so much mailing. Go on to step two on your um, on your guide, and you can find out how to get your absentee ballot in your state. And then, I hope, is it just going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump on the ballot? Not in Alabama. It's not. I know we still have a Senate election. There's local elections to look for. Um, so you're not just voting for a president. You're voting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to find out who's on your ballot. Yeah. 
yeah, for me, I was actually kind of surprised. I did um, use this sample ballot tool that's on step three because you can, you can type in your address and they'll tell you it's going to be on there. But I was still surprised we had a lot of state amendments to our state constitution um, that I had to do a bunch of research on. I had some amendments that affected my county at home and just even positions that I've never heard of. You know, I had to go on and, and research those people and um, things like state judges, federal circuit court judges, things like that. It's still good to, um, you know, you want to go ahead and find out who's going to be on your ballot, especially if you're going to vote in person, because then, you know, we talk about kind of, there's always an option to do straight party voting where you just fill one bubble and that's all you have to do. But something that we think is civically responsible is at least knowing who's representing you and at least doing a little bit of research. Even if you fully identify with one party, um, it's still really a responsible thing to know who you're voting for because you don't want to be misrepresented in any way. And so, um, even though that's kind of out of our control sometimes, but um, there's a lot more on that ballot than you think. And so use this sample ballot tool. It's on step three of your guide. And then step four is we're talking about parties here. So whenever we do think about straight ticket voting, we do see that D and R beside a candidate's name. What does that mean? Like, should we, you know, what should, what do we need to know about those parties and how do we find out what they really stand for? Well, I mean, like we were talking about earlier with the two-party system, both the parties have shifted dramatically. And also within the parties, I mean, there's more... Like, there's more conservative Republicans, there's more moderate Republicans. There's more liberal Democrats, there's more moderate Democrats. And so, if you want to know what that person believes, look them up on social media, look them up on their campaign website, see their stances, but also if you want to look about the party as a whole, um, the conventions are a great way to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So, the Democratic convention and the Republican convention both happened in August. August. Yes, early August. And so you can go through and watch those speeches or go to those websites for um, the DNC and the RNC as the national conventions. And you can just look at their platforms and what they're hoping to accomplish if they were to win these next four years. Yeah, absolutely. A candidate, I like we talked about earlier, so much more than the individual. Mm -hmm. And he or she is, is the face of the party that's chosen to represent um, a much larger group of politicians, of party activists, of party yes. members. And so it's really important to understand um, what their stances are, and you can do that through their party platforms. Um, and it's really, it, even if, you know, even if you kind of feel like, well, we have to scratch that. Um, it's really important to commit time to understanding where you stand on the ideological spectrum. And that's a big word, but it really just means what you believe the role of the government should be, mm -hmm. big, small. Um, that's kind of what we mean by ideological spectrum, um, so that you know what you're communicating about who you are and what you believe through the way you vote, through who you support. Yes. Um, and and I'll, I'll say a little more about party platforms. Actually, on this on this guide that you can get um, at the Dual Citizens website, the Gospel Coalition is is something that we refer to because it's just a a really great um, website, kind of like Acre Passion that provides resources for Christians, but this isn't even really a Christian thing. They just did a really good job summarizing the 2020 party platforms, and I included links um, on this resource because if you go through the party platforms, it's like 30 pages at least. It's so long. It's so long, and these links to each one 
um, actually just go bullet points like through different subheadings, whether it's healthcare, um, immigration, things like that, and just it's very summarized. So it's really good to look at those platforms or at least a summary and just become educated about what each party's actually promising to deliver. Um, because right now, actually, even if you watch a presidential debate, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we, we won't even get into that. But um, it's it's hard to know what they're actually saying, yes. what they're actually promising, what they're actually going to do, because it's just a lot of yelling. Uh, a lot of yelling. Um, we'll see how the VP thing goes. That's like, yeah, you will get some more content than that. But um, <laughs> there are also some quizzes online that you can take um, that really, sh- like, they get all of the presidential candidates or all, like, the Senate candidates, mm-hmm. and you can take a quiz. It's very in-depth. I didn't know what half the things were. And I think I know a lot about politics, but I didn't know what half the things were. Like, where's your stance on this? And I was like, neutral. Um, and they can match it up with, like, which candidate your views most align with. And I found that really helpful yeah. in 20. 20- 16, even though I wasn't voting, this is the yeah. Like. yeah, cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, for a lot of us, this is our first election. And so, it's exciting. Yes, it's so exciting. <laughs> um, so, just to like help you determine which candidates to support, even if you're like, oh my gosh, neither party represents me, like, this is overwhelming. Um, it's good to know kind of in depth what they're representing so that you don't just stop at the D or the R side candidates. Um, and then step five, become familiar with candidates that represent you on all levels. We kind of talked about this. There's um, congressmen and women, state representatives, local, even down to the local level, um, councilmen and women who are supporting or opposing bills on your behalf. And um, what is, you know, kind of what's the importance of this and why do we care about it a lot? I mean, sometimes, like, elections like this get overshadowed by a presidential election, especially after mm-hmm. four years in this election cycle, but the congressmen and senators, um, and then also the state legislators, they're almost as important, because that's more towards your state, that's more affecting you directly, um, in my opinion. And so those are the ones who are going to be, especially the state ones, making legislation that determines, you know, um, school zoning, as rezoning for Board of Education. Uh, They're the ones who are going to be determining, like for us, we just had a gas tax, I think it was last year, implemented. And so those state legislation wants to implement that as well. So it's very important stuff that some people think isn't that important, but little things add up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then finally, uh, once you've done all this, we just, as a dual citizen, want to say we believe you should show up and you should love your neighbors, even the ones with whom you disagree. And I like to talk about even, even seeking to engage in some of those conversations just to learn because... Everyone has a different set of experiences and um, and just knowledge that is worth hearing. And um, trust God with the outcome. And we, we just, yeah, that is all we can say. Show up, love your neighbor, and trust God with the outcome. And I think that even if, you know, if this is your first election, if it's not your first election, there's so much to learn from this process. And I know, I know when I was filling out my absentee ballot the other day, I was just, like, very appreciative of um, just where we live and just to be able to live in democracy and for someone to take the time to send me a ballot and send me instructions on how, on how to fill it out and then allow me to send it back to them and they count it. And, I, I mean, maybe that's a naive and, and very um, hopeful 
way of looking at like mail-in voting or something. Some people might not think that, but I was just filled with gratitude that someone uh, wants to listen to what I think and that I have a say in all of this. And um, I'm very thankful for the people who fought to make that happen. So, um, do you have any advice for our fellow first-time voters and other college students like us? Well, ooh, okay, there's so much I could say here. But definitely research it. Uh, research it as much as you can. And if you don't know how you feel about something, don't be afraid to ask someone. Uh, like, seriously, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. And also, 2020, this is just life advice for anyone. Um, the Lord has never fallen apart. He is always there. He knows what has happened, what is going to happen. And so just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And you can get through anything. No matter who wins this election, the Lord still has us in his hand, and we're going to be okay. I think that's so good. Um, I wanted to share Isaiah 40, 21 through 24. And it's kind of funny just because of how blatant it is and how blunt. It's just like, we're, anyway, you'll see. It it calls us grasshoppers. (laughs) But it says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. He he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground. Then he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. We have this amazing citizenship as Americans, but we also have a God who's eternal and have a God who um, you know cares about what's going on, but wants us to know how much bigger he is and mm-hmm. how much we can trust him waiting with never these things feel so big and you know like one of our listeners said it feels like the greatest divides is the civil war like <laughs> like god he establishes rulers and and you know he says it's all temporary mm-hmm. it's all gonna blow away you know and and so for anyone who's listening whether you just listen to this to you know learn more about how the system works and how to vote what I want you to leave with is that um, you can know all all things about politics, but if you don't know Jesus, then it's all going to be hopeless, and all these people are going to continually let you down and continually leave you, uh, leave you looking for something steady and something that can actually solve all these problems. <laughs> and um, we just have a great hope as Christians, and I, that's really what I want to share ultimately through the dual citizen. So anyway, I, I'm glad we're on the same page about that, even yes. though we really enjoy politics and government. Um, it's awesome to to remember what our ultimate hope is. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing and for being part of this. Thanks and for having me. I've learned so much from you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been so much fun. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and find more resources at anchoredpassion.com. You can find the Civic Engagement Guide there just by putting in your email, and we are so excited to share this resource with you. Thanks for joining. We'll see you soon.